Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. What's out there is unknown. So at UC San Diego, out we go. Because to take on the challenges of the here and now, you got to get your feet wet. Your eyes open and your mind out there, way out there, turning the unknown into cures, culture, and connections with each step forward. So pack a bag, a notebook, and some sandals and get ready to look far and think further. UC San Diego. Learn more at ucsd.edu. Are you self-conscious about your smile due to stains? Have you ever wished that you had a whiter and brighter smile? Smile Actives is a safe and affordable alternative to expensive whitening procedures. You simply add Smile Actives gel to your toothpaste every time you brush your teeth, making it the easiest teeth whitening solution out there. In a clinical trial, Smile Actives users reported up to five shades whiter on average, all within seven days. No change to your routine, no extra time. Right now, they are running a buy one, get one offer. Hurry to smileactives.com iHeart today to receive this special offer with free shipping and handling. Beyond Zero is Toyota's vision of a carbon neutral future and more. Toyota gives you the power to reduce carbon emissions and help move toward its vision with a wide selection of electrified vehicles. Whether you're into hybrid EVs for that traditional Toyota feel with better MPG, battery EVs for a smooth and silent ride, or plug-in hybrid EVs that switch between battery and fuel, Toyota has you covered. And for those who prefer hydrogen, Toyota's fuel cell EVs emit nothing but water vapor from the tailpipe. So cool giving you the choice on how to reduce carbon emissions and move closer to Toyota's Beyond Zero Vision. Visit toyota.com slash electrified vehicles slash beyond dash zero dash vision. Toyota, let's go places. Hey, listen! look now but our heads hands and feet are slightly enlarged which i mm. think is the only notable difference between the humanoids that inhabit this dimension and the ones i'm used to because it's dishonored time <laughs> it sure is here on i what hope you enjoy show. looking like a like an oil painting yeah, that's, that's how we're gonna look do. for the entire or yeah, like uh, i think that's intent on purpose i've known right? comic artists who oh definitely because they don't do it in death loop dishonored mm-hmm. universe people have big hands and heads it's like part of the aesthetic it's a thing right especially it's the this hands. weird like this weird baroque vibe like baroque cartoon vibe is yeah. going on uh the whole time and hey if it uh, ain't baroque don't fix it and we won't <laughs> Of right. this partnership between myself, Michael Swaim, and that man, Adam Ganser, That's that me. we call one-upsmanship, where we dive deep into video games to determine whether they'll make it onto a celestial hard drive that we're going to show to aliens someday when we get around to it, get off our backs. Or when they take it from us or when they by come, violent yeah, force. Why, can't, why do we? Can't they meet yeah. us halfway? 
Um, <laughs> maybe, but when they do take it by force, they'll, you'll be grateful to us then because it will assuage their anger. We hope. Cause we will have stocked the drive. You're welcome. That's right. Yeah, exactly. You are welcome. Um, so under, <laughs> so. yeah, under review this week, dishonored. Mm-hmm. Let's see if it makes Ooh. the cut. Um, yeah. I think we can just dive in past our first checkpoint. Yeah. I think we absolutely should. Okay. In uh, this case, into- I think the analogy would be that we were eaten by a swarm of terrible plague rats. Yeah, Great. definitely. Uh, my bones were are literally just paced now. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's all that's left. So, you know, sorry, those of you who wanted to bury me, that's all done now. Uh, do you want to take you want me to take the tell me like I made it or do you want to do it? Uh, go for it. Yeah. So tell me like I made okay, great. it. This first segment is just to refresh you or let you know what the game's all about and its place. Yeah. It's a place of importance in video game history if you're totally unaware of it. So, Adam, what's Dishonored? Dishonored is a first person action adventure game that was created by Arcane. It's actually the first game by Arcane, which is uh, owned by Bethesda. And uh, in it, you're you are a. We're going to call him, I guess, a a royal assassin figure who is improperly framed for the assassination of the empress of this sort of futuristic 19th century bound uh, island kingdom. Uh, like it's unclear exactly how the timeline works there, but it seems to be like the 1900s only more steampunked out. That's the vibe here. And uh, you're 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 improperly framed and detained for the murder of uh, the Empress by a bunch of people who are clearly usurping the throne and trying to take power for themselves. And then you're going to spend the whole game trying to, number one, free the Empress's daughter. Uh, number two, set to rights this evil plot and free the kingdom from these usurpers who are uh putting what might be called an authoritarian stranglehold on everything. Um, that's the game. You basically sort of slink around. It's mostly swords, though there are pistols. And you use a, I guess we're going to call it the powers of the void, a kind of magic that's Bioshock-esque to teleport places or to summon swarms of rats, which is always fun, or to see people through walls or many other powers uh, combined with a little bit of uh, swordcraft to just wizard the fuck out of this uh, traversal challenge and uh, combat based game. It is extraordinarily fun. You get really interesting bits of dialogue and personalities and uh, the people who rescue you from the dungeon where you start this game are also of dubious uh, character as the game wears on. And so you have to figure out who exactly do you trust at the end of the day? Uh, and the answer, and as always, good summary. is Brad Dourif from Deadwood. <laughs> it's always Brad Dourif. Who plays Piero in this, who is trustworthy. He's so pure. He really is so pure. Um, How did I do? Did you want to add anything else? I mean, you just forgot to do do honor to Brad Dourif, the great, the uh, one, the only thank Brad you for adding Dourif. That. But otherwise, That's right. fantastic. Yeah. Uh, yes. So let's dive past another checkpoint, which means... Oh, no, we didn't get devoured by that swarm of rats. We possessed one of those rats and climbed through a sewer where a guard saw us and killed us. So now we're dead again. As they always do the first time. (laughs) She's like, Um, come on, man. uh, Which brings us to a segment where we call the gamer rants. Uh, Traditionally, when we don't have a guest, we just alternate. So I'm player one plugging in. This is my rant on Dishonored. Rants cover our more emotional take. Uh, Adam tried to confine himself to the objective which I appreciate. So my my take on this playthrough and Dishonored's sort of place and the ongoing conversation of 
what are games? Where can they go? What can they be? On this playthrough, I was thinking a lot uh, about Bioshock and a lot about Half-Life. Um, Bioshock, I haven't played too, too recently. If you tuned into our Orange Month, October, we covered three Half-Life games. So I have been playing Half-Life a lot recently. And I think the Half-Life connection is a little more subtle, hence having to have played it recently to notice. And maybe there's some recency lensing there. But um, I do feel like Arcane is, by some token, and this is true of most art. It's true of me, too, if I study my own work enough. Um, it's more rooted in and connected to, which could be, you know, you could say derivative or not innovative. But I don't really mean it with that negative connotation. I mean, it's more firmly set into a particular game flow than I thought. I thought of it as... Uh, a little more unique than it is. And I don't even mean that as a knock. I mean like, oh, they were actually taking ideas from Bioshock and running with them or shading them, taking some knowledge from Half-Life and running with that and blah, blah, blah. And I think the unique thing they do bring to it is they really stress to the point that I actually, it's funny to go back to Dishonored 1 because they feel this compulsive need to teach us. Like the game stops many times and confronts you with a screen that says, Play your way. There are multiple ways to get through this. You could possess a rat and climb through. You could kill everyone and go through. But but remember, you could sneak through the roofs or the or you could talk to Granny Rags or like they're like it's they feel the need to teach the player repeatedly. Remember, get a lot out of the game. Like, please be playing the game right. And I think they felt the need to do that because of something really cool that they are bringing to it that is fairly unique which is the arcane touch and this does carry across death loop i think is a they're obsessed with framing the plot through a series of assassinations that's also what death loop is that's um, really cool but yep. and hitman is sort of this as well uh, and i even mean to this additional degree which is their thing is let's tell a story it'll be through a series of assassinations and very much like hitman the the goal is play your way there's not one way to do the assassination. Yes, it is okay to kill everyone, cut a bloody swath up to the person and kill them. Totally. But we hope you'll try the version where you have to change clothes and be in disguise and trick them into drinking poison. We hope you'll go back and try the version where you're invisible the whole time and you're a ghost. No one ever even knows you were there and you discredit them instead of killing them. Like there's many alternate solutions to each little thing. And so when you take like it's in, it occupies to me this unique space between um, Half-Life, Bioshock and Hitman. It's a good mix. I think it's a unique mix. I don't think it's like birthed from whole cloth out of nothing. I think it owes its existence to these other things, but they, th I think they have a unique set of interests and verve and style that does give it a unique feel. I really had fun with it. I think it has some wonky elements, for example, like, to me, it's almost too hard not to overuse Blink. Blink exists in all of their games, and Blink is so useful that I find myself almost falling into the trap of, I, I know I'm supposed to play any way I want, but I really just blink across the rooftops and then get there and try to stealth, and when stealth falls apart, then I murder everyone and leave. That tends to be how the logic breaks down, but I still admire that they give you the option to not do that. That's on me. I could have approached it eight different ways. I usually use Blink, just because it feels so cool um, to blink around like fucking Nightcrawler. Um, but I, I appreciate, to such a degree, 
the level that they carried out player freedom to the point that famously in this game, if you get the right set of skills, if a guard shoots at you, you can freeze time, possess that guard, walk around while the bullets in midair and unpossess them and watch them get shot by their own bullet. Like that's some dead space shit. If you listen to our dead space episode, we talk about giving the player unique ways. Like they allowed you to telekinetically rip off limbs and impale people with them, possessing a dude and having him get shot in the head by his own bullet that he fired. That's a new one for me. And like Dishonored did that. And I think it's emblematic of what they're trying to do, which frankly, and this will wrap up my rant. Um, to me, the greatest thing it fulfills is the promise of games like Thief. Thief is the first game where I yep. remember being thinking, oh my God, I don't have to shoot everyone. I could pickpocket this dude and sneak in and then shoot this one dude and take his clothes and then shoot the guy. Like, oh my God, that's such a cool idea. Um, Thief was the first time I encountered that other than like text games where there's multiple paths, obviously to success, but, uh, or D and D, but, um, but Thief is an old game and it does like Dishonored works way better. So I do feel like it's also an important update on Thief, frankly. And that's my, mm. the mind blowing end of my rant. Passing the reins to Gans. Thank you. Uh, yeah. I, I also thought about Thief when I was playing it this time. I played this like three times. Uh, which I think tells you that I like it. Uh, uh, so my, my take on dishonored is that it's, it's not creative in that it's inventing new things so much as it's creative in that it's combining things in fun, new ways. One thing that we always sort of, we all nod at, but is, I think fairly interesting is that they chose the setting they did. Like the, there's a lot of work that is, that goes into the setting they're building. And that's true of all the arcane games like Dunwall as a place is very like 19th century industrial, but also mixed with like a little bit of half-life two and like authoritarianism, but also mixed with uh, and like, wailing scene. Yeah. yeah. And some sword combat stuff. Like in a way I was, I, when I, I was recently playing Skyrim again, just for fun. I was like, God, I wish this game was dishonored. You know what I mean? I wish, I wish Skyrim had the, the sword play of dishonored, which is much more fun and organic. So like it's combining all those things with like matrix, Esque, like stopping time and whipping around and like uh, some traversal stuff that feels like so empowering that we've never seen done as well in a different first person shooter. Like the, the way you can get around in this game, the kind of stuff you can do to your enemies if you want to in this game through the use of their magic slash traversal powers is Im- immensely satisfying. Like if you haven't played this game before you play it, you should Google like just somebody who's like a wizard at killing people in Dishonored. There's tons of videos out there and you will see like, holy shit, the stuff you can do is awesome. Like it's a real technical playground for smooth murder, which if you like that, that's really cool. And that somehow is not exactly at odds with the world they've created. So it's an interesting combination of things that feel like they shouldn't be one, uh, one, piece of media but they are and they work um and that's really cool i think that's one of the things that's so great about bioshock and that's one of the reasons that we're we're tracing this back to that 
uh, Bioshock is also a combination of things that shouldn't work, but is very creative. This takes that mantle on. And I hope that lots of games take that mantle. Like, let's please think of interesting settings for stories and tell interesting stories. That said, I think the assassination plot and the who's the bad guy piece of it is a little bit dry. Like you don't totally get emotionally invested in who's who in this like, you know, portrait based set of villains that you're going to murder or capture or free or whatever. So like, it's a little bit tough to get excited about who you're going to kill. And that's a problem that a lot of these games that are based around assassinations have like even Splinter Cell, uh, another, I think uh, of the ancestors of this game has that problem. And certainly Assassin's Creed has that problem. We don't really know the people who have set us up. Like, sure, we get a cutscene with them, but we don't care about them. And uh, I think that is a bit of a detractor from this game in terms of being really invested in the narrative of it. Um, I don't think the people who love it are necessarily like, my God, the history of Dunwall. Do you realize what this means? I don't think I don't think we have anybody who's like that passionate about that here. Or if you do, I'm surprised. So I think it's not that great. Um, I also and this may seem like a really dumb criticism, but one thing that really struck me this time when I was playing it is it's very dull looking, considering how exciting it is. Like when you play Deathloop, it's colorful and it's vibrant and it's interesting and engaging. This this game is colored like it's like Saving Private Ryan in the past. Like it's all very muddy and dark and, you know, like just rusty looking and not lit and colored in a way that gets that's as exciting as the ideas are. I think this game could honestly use a remake that's just a sort of a new coat of paint on it. And it would really make a difference for how engaged people felt with it. I'm not kidding. I really believe that. I really believe we could use some sort of vibrancy here that matches the excitement of this premise and of this execution. Um, I think the world is more interesting than it is great, but I still like it. Like, I don't think it's as thought out as Rapture is. I think we it could use more layers of sort of not people, but sort of like, why is the world like this? Where exactly are we? Like that stuff's a little bit more backgrounded here. Um, and we could use more of it if you want us to care about the franchise as a whole. And I think that even about the sequel. Um, but that said, the powers they give you are, uh, even though they're Bioshock esque, they're unique and they are so fun to use. And uh, if you're measuring a game based on fun, this is one of the most fun games in the last 10 years, in my opinion. Like, it's a really fun game, a really fun franchise. I think Arcane can continue to make games in this franchise for decades, and we would be thrilled. And that is my rant. Yeah, Havelock and Pendleton are like nothing. <laughs> They're just not, you're just yeah, not like, oh, point. I can't wait to get those fucks. Like, Great it's points. like, oh, okay. I, I feel like as the story guy, man, I'm, I'm upset with myself for not having called that out, but you're absolutely right. Uh, I think... We always have to give credit to people who are presenting whole cloth, new world fantasy worlds that are a brand new franchise. You haven't been to Rapture before. You haven't been to Dunwall before. Um, I think that's why like big points for putting together a world. And I think that's why you got so excited about the gameplay ideas, because the story wasn't engaging enough for you to get excited about it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's kind of telling in its own way. But uh, before we, you know do our full frontal assault on the gates of Dunwall. Shall we uh, hop to a couple of commercials and gather ourselves and 
the commercials will be a diversion as we sneak in. Of course. Yeah. By the way, nice mask. I like what you're wearing. This is my face. What a fucked up thing to say. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Oh, it's such a clutch pickup, Dave. <laughs> I know, right? I was worried we'd bring back the same team. Oh, no, I meant those blackout motorized shades. MVP of the room. Blinds.com made it crazy affordable to replace our old blinds. Hard to install? No, it's easy. Even you could do it. Nice. I installed these and then got some for my mom, too. What, you fly across the country to do the install? Nope. Blinds.com can do it all. All she had to do was pick what she wanted. She talked to a design consultant for free and scheduled a professional measure and install. Look at you, Hall of Fame son. Oh, I just picked the winning team. They're the number one online retailer of custom window coverings in the world. Oh, Blinds.com is the GOAT. The GOAT. He shoots. He scores. Go to Blinds.com for 40% off site-wide and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Go right now for 40% off site-wide at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. At UC San Diego, we understand that in order to turn the vast unknown into new cures or human connections or expansive culture, you have to be willing to venture further out. That's why we'll go as far as the International Space Station, with cancer cells in hand and novel medicines in mind. That's why we map the seemingly randomness of forest fires and connect them with revolutionary AI to see where they'll appear next. And it's why we arrive on the San Diego shore from all over the world to bring different perspectives to our world's biggest challenges. When you push the boundaries of science, art, and culture, whole worlds open up. And at UC San Diego, that's where the real adventure starts. Learn more at ucsd.edu. Hey guys, Rob Parker here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer. Making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck like the rugged half-ton Tundra. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower 
power further than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma, delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with the new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. And when you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. And we're back. We worked out that unpleasantness. Um, <laughs> well, we Adam, agreed it is your face. Adam we simply agreed. mistook my face for a hideous mask. I'll get over uh, it in time. Or maybe. I won't. Or he'll stab me yeah. in the neck with his short sword. Uh, but uh, that means we passed possible. another checkpoint. So uh, an improbably precariously built tall boy has just handed us our ass. And uh, we've been forced to, I don't know. Take a boat ride with Samuel, as they say, into the segment called Game On. Out of all the talk. whimsical, out of all the mm. whimsical baddies, the tall boys Gotta love are the just tall like, boys. yeah, it's like dudes on stilts with like rockets and shit. It's so like, this is the what enemy, is this? It's the yeah. enemy equivalent of like Homer riding the bicycle with the big wheel to the ice cream social. Yeah, there are these dudes who somehow I guess are to be feared because they're on giant robot stilts, which I guess makes it easier to spot you, but I don't. And, and then yes, they kill you. I they like lash these weird things out at you that fucking destroy you in a second. But I yeah. mean, just in real life, those things would be, but you'd uh, laugh yeah. at them in real life, but in I this think game, that's what's they great are is uh, the game has a tone. I fully accept that. And I accept that yeah. from arcane and death loop. Yeah. Death loop is a, uh, yeah, they they live in a cartoon-esque physics reality. Um, they're definitely more concerned with look at that cool thing we made up than uh they're not the expanse if that registers for anyone. They're not trying to be like, no, this could really work. Like, let's bring right. this out. Right, right, they're right, like, right. no, 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 no. Here's like a an old timey, you know, bailiff type guy. <laughs> Like should be a Keystone cop trolling around London, but he's in a giant metal stilt machine. Uh, and I love how everything's powered by whale oil. I do like the details they do have. Um, they're unique. Like they have these walls of light that you can reprogram so that they'll only kill enemies and not you. Then you can That's possess a really people cool. Walk them into them, trick them into there, throw them into there. Like Adam yeah. said, staggering emergent complexity in terms of how are we going to kill this dude <laughs> it also rewards curiosity and experimentation in that yeah. way right? yeah. and that's like i feel like if you're going to create a murder playground which a lot of first person shooters are um you know or the grand thefts auto of the world you want to you want the game to have anticipated the kind of stuff you do and reward you with like funny animations and stuff and this game does not disappoint on that front like it's it's uh, extremely rewarding to try new ways to kill people. And it's it's great. You Like, honestly, you can have a fun afternoon redoing a level over and over with coming up with unique ways to kill people. Mm -hmm. And it would be fun. Right. Like I like I haven't tried that because that doesn't appeal to me. But I think those of you who it does appeal to, you'll have fun. Yeah. Give it a shot. M murder away, friends. This is your playground. Um. Yeah. And but if you haven't, you have played. I do just want to call out the stuff that occurred to me this time, maybe it's obvious to others, but I was like, Oh, this is totally a response to Bioshock in the form of 
the story is told through audiograph players, which in their world are like right. uh, very funny, but cute to me. Again, same aesthetic, right? Stupid, not practical, but a funny idea. They're computer punch cards that go through some kind of typewriter and yeah. noise comes out. Yeah. Um, that is not how noise noise could not be recorded easily on a gridded punch card. But anyway, um, <laughs> it's like a, it's like a player piano card. Yeah. That's what it looks like. It's the same yeah. as an audio log from Bioshock. Um, the scrounging is identical to Bioshock, right? One hand is your sword. One hand's your powers. And down to the detail of like, you have a mark on your hand that represents that you have magic powers, just like Bioshock infinite. Um, so I don't think they're shy about that. And actually it's on me for not noticing it before, but I think they added something that Bioshock truly doesn't have and only just hinted at. Like when you're in Rapture, the cool thing was the sort of a, the deform. So that's something else they left from Bioshock, right? Everyone, you, you're sort of in this mildly depopulated environment in this case, because of a plague and yeah. all the characters you meet are twisted or haunted or broken in some way. That's very Rapture. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but uh, Rapture, the cool thing there mechanically, I thought, and I think a lot of people felt, was the minimal but there ecosystem because you had big daddies who had a goal of siphoning this energy from corpses and the and they guarded little sisters who they needed to help them siphon the energy and you could kill the big daddy and save the little sister. And every time it was a moral decision, spare or kill the little sister that would up your RPGs, blah, 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 blah. And then Arcane's like, okay, so all that stuff, but our twist is different. Our twist is thief (laughs) essentially. Um, But I really think it all pairs nicely Uh, where it falls down to me is I would love to talk about, no, 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 I'll say it. Let's keep talking about the good mechanics stuff. So, um, it's just a, just a quick comment on that. It's not, it's okay. It's not Assassin's Creed though, in that it, it, it really isn't a bustling metropolis. Right. And like, so like a lot of the thief stuff that already was pretty like well established, they didn't do. Like you can't sneak into crowds, you know, like, and you can't like hide in bushes and stuff. Like mm-hmm. you really are. It really is you navigating a terrain of people who are going to attack you with like rare exceptions of NPCs who you can dialogue with, but mostly everyone you run into is an enemy here. And I think that makes it, that makes you do more what you were saying in your rant. And I wanted to agree with you. It really does push you in the direction of you need to stealth this. Cause like, sure you can murder everybody, but like, but it really is designed to stealth. Um, that is the primary gameplay or do some of the workarounds. Like they want you to do poison the still and they want you to do the side quest stuff. Of course. Right. And you won't do them if you're not going to play it stealth. Like, so ultimately, even though sure you can, you know, make this a, a, a bloodbath. If you don't play it stealth, you're not really playing the game the way they designed it. You know, they, they would object to that, but it's, but mm-hmm. it's a self game. Like that's really what it is. In fact, I would, if you listen to death loop episode, I believe we talk about one of the gripes. A lot of people I know who played with played that hat is the final mission, the house party. Almost everyone I know eventually beat by just finding a corner where you had really good cover Snipe and headshotting yep. everyone in the whole yep. house as they ran upstairs because to stealth, it was so intricately difficult that it became frustrating I actually think Dishonored has a perfect balance of the stealth feels empowering, but not fully. You can still fuck up. Like I got caught, but I also felt like I was good at it. I was fair. It feels extremely triple A. 
and like oh, and for a first developer yes it feels so smooth and snappy and the physics feel good it feels right i like i also don't want to neglect the actual craftsmanship of the work being done by the animators and the programmers and the, whoever is interacting with the engine another thing about arcane is they feel good the games feel quality i think i think they are the best feeling for movement in that in the first person shooter space although i couldn't help but thinking while playing this what I really want is a game that has the sort of parkour of Mirror's Edge or Dying Light, but with Blink. I want Blink and the complex parkour system. I think we're one game away from that. I bet I honestly, that'll happen I think, eventually. I think yeah. Arcane's going to make that game. I like. I have a lot of faith in this developer because even though I don't, I don't like everything they do in terms of mm-hmm. like every piece of their execution. What they do well, they hit. They hit it out of the park. Like, yes, but I, and still, I think even that's through true the here. Death Loop. You are essentially just a block. And when you jump, you go up and down in an arc. I would love that yeah. procedural parkour shit to start entering the equation. Like I would that too. Titanfall shit. <laughs> well, and again, just to comment briefly on Deathloop too, because Deathloop is their most recent game. And you can see that it's an extension of this idea, like Dishonored. Uh, Deathloop is, I think, in some ways trying to solve the thinness of the universe with like layers and layers and layers of lore. And style. Right? Just like it's a little bit style yes and a little bit like just a bunch of layers of like who is this person let's go investigate so like they really shove your nose in the story uh for better or for worse and uh i i feel like that might be a response to the positivity that people felt about dishonored but it, but also the fact that dishonored story is like pretty minimal even dishonored 2 the story is pretty minimal it's really just a guise to let you sword dudes to death and call rats down on them you know uh, I think Deathloop is a response to it. And as a result, yeah. having recently replayed Deathloop, it's not as fun to replay because it's trying to hook you in the story. But once you know it, it's there's no discovery there. I did find you know? the targets in Deathloop much more uh, like fully painted and memorable than the yeah. targets in Dis- Dishonored. 100%. Like, in Dishonored, it's like kill this generic uh, steampunk guy. Then the next mission is like, kill this generic steampunk woman. The next one's like, now they're twins. Kill two generic steampunk guys. <laughs> like, uh, Deathloop definitely advanced the cause of the big bads being more recognizable and di- differentiable. But weirdly, Which I think is a great move for Arcane. I agree. But weirdly, because the, the that game was so focused on making you absorb the world, it's less replayable. I would say. And also because you killed it. So yeah, I couldn't say, well, I tried and I was like, Oh, I'm not as excited about this. I need to wait until I've forgotten it to replay it. The puzzle. You know I mean? Well, it's also unique death loop and we should stick more to de- Well, cause now you know what I'm saying, but right. Death loops also a unique clockwork puzzle, which dishonored is not where once you know it, it's hard to unknow it till you, maybe you let 10 years go by and you genuinely forget it and play it again. But it has that aspect, which Dishonored does not. It's a linear thing. Um, what I will say about Dishonored, the other huge gameplay thing that I think can be under-respected and is not true of Half-Life and is not true of Bioshock and is was supposed to be true of Mass Effect but isn't really, um, Dishonored actually does, and it's in a interestingly, you could argue, minimal way because I think it's just changes sort of certain enemy spawn points and things like that and some of the plot details. But I love... That early on in this game, not at the beginning, which is a detail I love as well, but like Mm -hmm. two levels in, Mm -hmm. they tell you, by the way, there's such a thing as chaos. 
And it determines like it's how stealthy you are, how many guards you killed, how many times you got spotted and how ruthless you were with your moral decisions. And just so you know, high chaos will affect the final mission of the game and low chaos will also. So like when you get to the final mission, it's called whatever. But then in parentheses, it says low chaos version, middle chaos version or high chaos version. I think that's really cool. And it also affects the actual outcomes in a basic way, but that's enough for me. Like, I still think that's dope. So like, if you have low chaos, the level plays as pretty much as intended and you're a hero and you save the princess and all as well. If you play with high chaos, it becomes, um, it's just like, what genre do you want it to be? Basically, if you do it with high chaos, then the final mission features way more zombies and rats. People are much like the NPCs are dead and dying. Things are bleak. And at the end of the story, the vibe is more like, wow, I mean, you got the throne back, but everyone's pretty but shocked by how cost? much you fucking murdered everyone and all of our economies disrupted, et cetera, et cetera. And even the princess is like, I fear you now. Like, I respect you, but I fear you. <laughs> but, and that's like a very different <laughs> cast, right? And I just thought they nailed yeah. the, the promise of play your way. The important second beat in that for a satisfaction loop for a user has got to be. And that has an effect, right? Like play your way should be balanced out by some judgment scale at the end. And they did that satisfactorily to me. Play your way actually impacts the ending in a meaningful way. And I, I, and also again, created a more replayable game. Like I, like I really think that's a feature of this game that is not true of a lot of replayable story based first person shooters. Like this is a game that playing it different ways is fun to do. And they spent the time and energy to make that true. Now, because of that, the game is a little simpler than like some of its compa- like compatriots. Like there's not, I don't, I don't know how many levels are. I think it's eight or something like that, but they're not immensely complicated, right? They're mm-hmm. just, they're very, like this game takes like 10 to 12 hours to play and it feels a little you short when you go back. You run it in 60 minutes, I'm sure. Oh yeah, if you easily. Pro, yeah. Eas- like if you don't kill people, especially like you can, and you you're really good at zipping target, around. Yeah, yeah, you just zip up there and kill them and leave. Yeah, yeah. so like a little bit in, uh, I'm using this comparison very gently, a little bit like Breath of the Wild, it's sort of built out for you to do as much or as little of this as you want. Like they, mm-hmm. they're, they're more serious about the playground than they are about the story, but they cared enough to satisfactorily wrap up the story. And also that even contributed to the replayability. I, I'm the more I think about it, the more I think this game was designed like primarily around loops and like enjoying new kinds of loops and less about the setting, even though I think people's takeaway from the game is, how cool the setting and magic and stuff is. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that feels ancillary to me the more I think about it. Ooh, but I love those dudes success heard hurdy gurdies in their chest that silences your magic. What a cool idea. Yeah, just as right. a random idea that exactly. makes no sense, but is cool. Yeah. I mean, I know they didn't invent the concept of teleporting and stuff, right? But can you think of a game that does it better than this game? That does zipping around a map better than this game? It's a first no, person that's shooter. Why, well, Neon White is the only one I can think yes. of. And which Neon is an White, iteration is built wholly around it's a traversal puzzle game this is like an open world game with characters and you know assassinations and shit so i think this is more impressive that blink works in this context and is so satisfying i mean that's i mean maybe that's the problem with it what you're that you were saying earlier right is you're like i fell into the trap of blinking all the time it's because blink is more than so I even fun need, to do 
I would say right? I use blink more than I use my sword. Like I just, Absolutely. even if people spot me, I just blink up onto the roof and wait for them to not spot me. You know, that's like, right. you can always blink. They're also really generous with like, especially once you get one or two upgrades, they're really generous about when you get discovered versus when you don't, you know, mm-hmm. like that's one of those key ingredients with stealth games is like sort of what is the line of discovery and like how, how good is their oppressive how expansive is, is their peripheral vision? What's yeah. their tone set like? Yeah. And this game feels like it's designed in a way that is fun, but still tonally consistent with the badass you want to be. You know what I mean? Right. Like it's it not takes as punishing. Someone, it's funny that it takes someone a full three seconds to realize they're seeing you. So you have time to escape, which is great. It makes the game more fun. But the idea that someone sees you and goes, is that you? Is that you? Oh, I guess it's not because they moved out of my field of view is hilarious and not, you know, or like the idea that and this is true of most stealth games. Uh, they'll hear you if you take any action. But right. like you can open and close doors that are right by them right. and they don't notice the sound they don't of the notice door it. and shit like right. that. Yeah. I mean, it, but also in it's always tilted in a way that makes it fun first. Like it's, it really is tilted correctly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and another thing that's cool about this is that the world does. The world is not just structured in a way that's antagonistic to the player. Like. Like if enemies make decisions like passing through the wall of light and they're not supposed to and you've geared it the wrong way or like shooting it, shooting in the direction of other enemies, like it hurts them. Stuff mm-hmm. that like is the, my favorite stuff about FromSoft games, right, is when you can get the enemies to end up fighting each other by accident. You know what I mean? Yeah, like they have yeah. stuff like that in this game. So you can do more almost str- like strategy kinds of ways to play the game. In fact, there's a lot of little puzzles that are designed around how can you make the enemies kill themselves? And it's great. Right. You know, it's really and fun. There's, there's a thing I have. I don't even think Hitman has, which is that even though you're doing a series of set pieces, essentially, and you're encouraged to think of them as separate vignettes because they want you to replay them and go right. like, like right. the game menu is designed around. You want to do level three again? Do it, man. Or yeah. you want to do level four with a different goal in mind? Go for it. Yeah. Um. But unlike and Hitman is like that, but unlike Hitman, there are side quests and Deathloop doesn't do this either that are not advancing. Like, obviously there's multiple ways to end up killing your target, but there's also side quests unrelated to like a thread that resolves and ends. That is a little mini story, a true side quest that doesn't advance the assassination thing that right. it happens in the, that you can do or not do an optional side quest. And what's amazing to me is some of them even there there are follow up beats in later levels like the structure of that is so cool to me meaning incidentally while on my way to assassinate so and so i met these lovers who are being split up by whatever blah 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 and i made this moral decision i killed a guard and saved them then in the next level i see them being happy and prospering cuz time has advanced little touches like that that's cool fall or like Hitman, which is the same structure, doesn't do that. That's that's unique to me. Yeah, there are fully contained side quests within the assassination quests. Hitman doesn't take itself as seriously as Dishonored does. Well, and yet the masquerade level of Dishonored is very Hitman-y, right? It's. I mean, they share so many mechanics that I'm so glad you brought them up. Yeah. But Hitman, like Hitman, will occasionally lapse into like, wouldn't it be funny if I could be a mascot and kill this guy with a baseball? You know what I mean? Like that kind of, that kind of shit. Right, right, right. Like, like here are funny ways to do it. Right. And like, and it really is a playground of what stuff did the developer 
think to do. And actually going in and shooting somebody is not that fun in Hitman. In fact, it's usually a big pain in the ass. Means you failed. Yeah. Dishonored is scaled enough that like they don't give you as many options. Right. And they're not as silly, but every one of them is good and impacts the story and what happens in later levels in a meaningful way. So like, it really feels, even though it's a smaller box, like it's all very tightly intricately wound and that's pretty impressive. Yeah. You know, like I find that impressive, by the way, did you look at the fucking cast that they got for dishonored? The actors, whenever I see the name Brad Dourif, I become unconscious for the next like eight to 12 minutes as I exist in a state of pure rapture, (laughs) pure. So who else is in here? Bro, well, first of all, I know that about you, and I love that about you. Here are some other actors that are in Dishonored. But bear in mind, of course, this was not a known developer, so I don't know what, how they did this, but uh, Lena Headey is in Dishonored. Chloe Grace Moretz is in Dishonored. Michael Madsen is in Dishonored. Carrie Fisher is in Dishonored. And uh, Susan Sarandon plays Granny what? Rags. Yeah, she plays Granny Susan, Rags. I recognize her. That was Susan fucking Sarandon. Yeah, so that's bro. another th- that's what I'm saying is an it's even so Death good. Deathloop actually leans more towards Hitman with the kills because there yeah. are funny ones like Little bit. what if you convince him to do an open mic night and then the mic shocks him to death and <laughs> right, shit like that. Right, right, um, right, right. But um Dishonored's more grounded where it's like well you could kill the guy or you can discredit him in the court of public opinion that's a more grounded options right than yeah hitman or death loop definitely um, but i think granny rags is probably the standout side quest in the sense that absolutely you can if you engage with granny rags who i it's mind-blowing to me that that's susan sarandon um you can have a multi-beat over the course of like maybe four of the seven missions thing where you keep encountering granny rags and you either do her bidding or resist helping her. And you are very much like, what's the deal with Granny Rags? Right. And um, if you try to kill her, she explodes into a cloud of rats. And you're like, what does that mean? Um, so there's this whole and you what I love is you never have to meet Granny Rags at all. You have to go out of your way to have that whole subplot. Um, the kind of confidence that they have to actually build out. Uh, like we recently covered uh, A Wolf Among Us and talked about how there's an illusion to a degree. There's like, we want it to be a choose your own adventure story where you can choose anything. Cause that's the promise of video games, but ultimately you can't choose anything. A lot of the decisions monkey fist back to the original path. The story was going to blah, blah, blah. Anyway, um, I would say as far as that storytelling problem goes, arcane put in more work than they needed to and did a better job than most at creating a world so expansive in the con not like i don't mean like it's the biggest video game map ever made like skyrim was in the day but i mean expansive enough given the context of what the game is that there's more than there needed to be you can wander very far off the beaten path and encounter a bunch of stuff that feels like extra content which is a really cool thing and that they built out more successfully in dishonored 2 like i feel like dishonored 2 most of the missions have some secondary flavor like mm-hmm. a character or a quest or something that adds to the emotional context, which is why narratively it's a little bit better than one. Um, by the way, the Granny Rag story ends up resolving with the other major side character. I would say there's two, and it's Granny Rags and Slackjaw. And yeah, Slackjaw's uh, cool. Slackjaw's cool, and he represents uh, another aspect of society here, right? 
like the sort of the crime element that's organized crime, the city. but more like the Peaky Blinders, like working yeah. man, yeah, organized working crime man's. out of desperation. I feed the poor right. by by bending the law. Yeah. Well, and they're sort of both. They both represent the oppressed in some way or the other. You right? have to like, decide if they're good or bad. Right. According and, to you. And that's fun. Yeah. Right. Again, a thing we didn't need that you're, you know, you're not like you're interested in it, but not necessarily like, oh, I really need to find out what happens to Granny Rags and Slackjaw. But they really tied that together well, I thought, with the choice to save one or the other at the end. Yeah. Uh, spoilers. Sorry if you're, you know, but that's how we do you it side, on this podcast. You have to side with one or the other. You yeah. have to side with one or the other. That's right. Um, can. OK. Can we. I'm just looking at the clock. I feel like it's a good time. OK. Can we talk about. The story. Yeah, because that's where I have to? the most sure. great. Well, I think it sucks. Sucks um, like it's bad. I think the world and vibe is great. But okay. to me, story means, you know what I mean. But just yeah. to be clear, I mean, the the velocity. What's it called? Where you actually have a, the vertex. Anyway, the emotional the navigation, of it? the character's navigation through the world. Right. I yeah. can love the world and blah, blah, blah. And still think right. the story's weak. And I just mean down to points like, um, they torture you at the beginning to try and get a false confession out of mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. Um, then they excuse a guard from the room in order to sweatily discuss their plan and de- like this opens, this story opens with the James Bond villain telling you we're framing you motherfucker. Right. We knew we are doing all this because of this reason. Why it's, would they give you that clumsy. information? Yeah. And then also as that scene wraps up, they talk to each other and imply that it was just chance that you were there that day. They go like, it's lucky for us. He was here today. We can use him as a patsy. Then what was their plan before? Yeah, that's weird. I, their I whole agree. Plan is that they need a patsy. Why would the writers make it so that it was mere chance you showed up? They should have known that you were going to be there on that day. And that's why it is that day. Um, I gotta, I'll, I'll be done, but I want to rattle them all off at once. I'm, I appreciate just to this. show the preponderance of bullshit. Right. Um, a classic one, but I level it at any story where I encounter it. Emily, the princess you're trying to save, mm-hmm. incredibly calm and well-adjusted as she witnesses the murder of her mother, is held hostage against her will in a brothel after a lifetime of living in luxury, then is immediately told by some strange woman she's never met, hi, I'm Callista, I'll be taking care of you now, and goes, okay, bye, Corvo, I'm going with Callista now. <laughs> right, see you around, So she's Corvo. like, she's a doll. She's <laughs> yeah, yeah, not right. anything, and that right. bothers me. Yeah. Um, the plot is mostly people repeating the stakes to you. Like even Brad Dourif, most of the dialogue is a one of three things. Corvo, you're the only one who can do this. Yep. Two, this must be done or Don Dunwall will be fucked. Three, they <laughs> fucked you. I'm sorry. Yeah. You, you've been dishonored. <laughs> Did you see the title of the game? You're dishonored. Um, like, and four, and they, fuck yeah. Sokolov. Fuck that guy. Fuck Sokolov. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They hate him so much. And then yeah. again, at the end, the big twist of act two to three is... Because this was a classic of the time and still is in some games, but I think we're losing it a bit. Right. Games used to be like, we love saying the game's wrapping up now and then go surprise. There's three more levels because we like to feel oversatisfied by our games. I was annoyed by that. So the game feels like it's wrapping up. And then I would argue for very weak reasons that are kind of glossed over. Like, well, every man longs for power when he gets that close to the throne. I don't know. Really? When there's a magic ninja who, you know, could slit your throat at any second opposing you i don't know but anyway the guys who were supporting you the whole time 
are like, you know what? Th- that was a good plan. The previous bad guys who we just killed. Let's also Let's do it. Let's also yeah. use Corvo's. Yeah, fuck Corvo. Let's yeah. use him as so a dumb. Yeah, very just, dumb. Let's just shift over and inhabit the plan that the original bad guys have. And let's discuss the details of that plan, which we already know, over Corvo's body while he's unconscious. And it turns out, of course, he's not unconscious. He's listening. But I don't understand. There's this major scene where they poison Corvo and they lay him in bed and then they stand there and they literally say shit like, as you know, we're going to blame Corvo for this. That's right. We're betraying him. Okay. Just so we're all clear. We're betraying Corvo. He's the Patsy. If he wakes up, he'll kill us, but he won't wake up. Yeah. Why, why would that right, happen? Let's go. Yeah. yeah. Why would, you know. Um, so it's just like when we hold it up to the scrutiny that we do try to on this show, the story's pretty shoddy. So I think is the fair word. Can I say I like I think you're right about everyone. Like all those beats are problematic in the cracked sense of it, where it's like the logic behind this doesn't really make sense. I think we would forgive it if we were invested enough in the world and characters before the plot started. You know what I mean? Like like this is a movie or not a movie, excuse me, a game that's missing the first sequence of a movie where you're like. And here's Corvo at home and Dunwall and here's how whales go and here's his friend, the Empress. You know what I mean? Like that kind of stuff that in movies is about training you what the world is like. We don't have that in this game. And they did that because they wanted it to be exciting. But consequently, they're constantly having to explain to you how the world works and how this plot works. So you're never emotionally invested in the overarching plan to save Corvo's reputation. You're never invested in that. You're also never invested in these guys who are rescuing you because you're still like, and who are they? And what do their titles mean? Like, you're just not grounded enough in it to care. I have a suspicion that if you were that some of those most of those problems would be satisfied or you wouldn't think about them. You know, Mm -hmm. Uh, like, I mean, you and I are screenwriters, so like we're constantly debating what stuff is are people going to notice and not. I think those plot holes would disappear if I understood the world a little better. Do you disagree with that? Every writer faces the challenge with a world that has to be explained. Anytime it's not present day, it's set in the world. You just recognize the normal world. Anytime you deviate from that, right? You have to get information to your viewers that the people living in that world already know. And this is what we call exposition. Every writer has to find a way to, as gracefully as they can, cram through it. And I would just say there's a wide spectrum. Some people do it so elegantly that it ceases to be exposit. It's like, oh, I was learning, revealing things about the character through understanding yep. the laws of the world. Great. I think but alien very is really few good at rise that. to that level. Um, so, no, they're not alone. And many movies and TV shows, even ones I like, I'll forgive or I'll go like, well, that was the exposition scene. You got to whip it out and get through it. Right. Um, and I'll just go, but the rest of the movie kicked ass. So therefore blah, blah, blah. But we kind opinion. of needed one up top here that would yeah, have maybe eliminated the it. plague and how it tied yeah. to Jessamel. Yeah. Jessamine, whatever. Like, I don't yeah. think like, even though we're adding the information, like I understand the information, we're never given it at a place where we can care about it later. We're given it where we need it to even comprehend the, like the next, the point of the next level. Right. Like I I would say the only character that you get emotionally attached to in this game is Samuel. 
the boating guy, <laughs> right? Well, just like, by virtue of the fact that he's constantly telling you how great you are and that you're a good man. <laughs> well, and that he, no, but that he has emotions and that he's part of this, like he's a little bit afraid of what's going to happen and that they do a little twist with him. And I, I, that really makes a difference. Yeah. I think the rest of it's kind of, t- I mean, you know, I get a little bit Brad Dourif because of the Dourif of it all. Uh, but uh, you no, know, but Piero's not an interesting character. He's okay. Yeah, yeah. He's all right. You know? Um, yeah. They, but again, they my problem great. is they don't say stuff about, they never Piero and Sokolov don't say stuff like Samuel does, which is, this is how I relate to the world or the situation or the themes. This is what's unique to my character that makes me a character. They right. only say stuff like, we're all counting on you, Corvo. Do you need me to construct any science for you? You know, they're just functionaries, <laughs> basically. These mind traps were invented by me, not Sokolov. Fuck Sokolov. Yeah. Uh, I enjoy how much they all hate Sokolov. Yeah, I guess the only the only depth of their <laughs> character development is that they have a rivalry with each other. That's about it. Right. Well, I kind of like that Sokolov as a character is basically just like 1900s Aristotle. Like he can, right. he's just great at everything and entirely dislikable. Uh Anyway, it sounds like maybe we're time. It's time for us to sharpen our blades and get ready for our final assault. Let's so uh, let's dive into the boat and take the long trip across the ad break to the distant shore. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. At UC San Diego, we understand that in order to turn the vast unknown into new cures or human connections or expansive culture, you have to be willing to venture further out. That's why we'll go as far as the International Space Station with cancer cells in hand and novel medicines in mind. That's why we map the seemingly randomness of forest fires and connect them with revolutionary AI to see where they'll appear next. And it's why we arrive on the San Diego shore from all over the world to bring different perspectives to our world's biggest challenges. When you push the boundaries of science, art, and culture, whole worlds open up. And at UC San Diego, that's where the real adventure starts. Learn more at ucsd.edu. Are you self-conscious about your smile due to stains? Have you ever wished that you had a whiter and brighter smile? Smile Actives is a safe and affordable alternative to expensive whitening procedures. You simply add Smile Actives gel to your toothpaste every time you brush your teeth, making it the easiest teeth whitening solution out there. In a clinical trial, Smile Actives users reported up to five shades whiter on average, all within seven days. No change to your routine, no extra time. 
Right now, they are running a buy one, get one offer. Hurry to smileactives.com slash iHeart today to receive this special offer with free shipping and handling. Hey guys, it's Rich Davis from Covino and Rich here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer. Making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance or any terrain from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew could stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features like the panoramic moonroof, you could sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter what your style, you could drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. All right, Samuel, you wait here. We're going to go keep or delete. You I'll just miss wait you, Corvo. Okay? I'll miss you, Corvo. You're fucking move. <laughs> or we will stab you. Have you seen yeah. what we've been doing? Stabbing Samuel, people. you keep this boat idling. I will be back. Do you see those rats all staring at you in unison? I'm controlling <laughs> yeah, they, them. <laughs> they know what to do if you try to ditch us. I am controlling them. Uh, yeah, so I guess we're about ready to pass our final checkpoint mm-hmm. and decide, does this game get kept or deleted we from the Celestial Hard Drive? in the flooded district. I mean, uh, yeah. Who goes first? I, mean, I I feel like I always make you go first. You want me to go first? I was gonna I was gonna use that argument and try to make you go first. So okay, do. great. Um, boy, I gotta tell you, I um, this one's really on the edge for me. Uh, oh God, I feel like I I I feel like it does make sense to keep this, but I we've kept two Bioshocks, right? Uh, right. We I kept forget. infinite and Bioshock one after some debate. Right. I uh, never really come prepared with a encyclopedia right, where knowledge does it fit? of what we've yeah, kept. Yeah, yeah, Sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, no, it's, it's okay. on a spreadsheet. I can load up. Though. I, I don't think that I really don't think there is a smoother uh, cocktail of movement and magic. Like, I think this game is fun to the max on that front and on the murder front. Uh, and I think like mechanically it deserves to be kept, so I'm going to keep it. Uh, but if you delete it, I, my heart would not be sunk, but I, I do think it rises to the level of being kept because it's that good. What say you, sir? I don't. I'm deleting it. Okay. Um, and it's not far from the line, but it's not on the line. I can say that and be like, okay. yeah, that's my decision. I f- believe in my heart that Arcane will make the drive. Um, but I don't, they, they only have three games out. Like I don't need them to make it now. I hope I don't regret that decision or they like disband and this was all we had to judge them by. Cause I do think Dishonored's great. The world is great. The moves are great. I might even keep Dishonored too. Cause usually in video game franchises, yeah, Dishonored two, two is great. Yeah. Two is the one where you really have your legs under you and have sharpened your, your, uh, process. Um, but I just don't, I, I usually keep st- on this show, I keep stuff that is either hits equally at, at all levels, gameplay, story, blah, 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 is for some reason, especially just has one facet that blows me away, like 
the story of Last of Us versus other elements of it that are like debatable, but the story, you know, is unparalleled or what have you. Um, or a game that I think is so important to the chain of video game dialectic that like it's mechanically important. Like I'll grant you your Mario, Super Mario worlds and what have you. Right. Um, and I think that this is firmly in the flow of video game conversation, as I outlined in my rant. Um, I think it hits fine on most levels really well on one or two levels brings some innovation, but not the most innovation ever. And there's also just this feeling of like glow. I don't know when I think of games, very few have this like glow around them. And those are the ones I keep. And this doesn't have the glow yeah. to me, which I realize is so subjective. No, it isn't. But I, I, but I believe right. Arcane will make the drive. I do think Arcane will make the drive. I think Dishonored 2 has a really good chance. Uh, I think Arcane as a developer is doing some of the best work. Um, I do want to go back briefly. Do you agree that this game is a little bit drab? Like it really hit me last. I know I made that point in my rant and we didn't talk oh, about it much. I love shit like that. So okay. like this okay. also reminds me of a game I bring up way more than it deserves to be brought up because it's objectively like, but Sunless Skies is a Victorian London train space game. It's like Dunwall aesthetic. Sure. And I, I love that aesthetic. Okay. I'm into it. I'm into okay. it being drab and creepy if it's well written. I liked the oil paintingness of it. And I, it definitely fit in that respect. But Dishonored 2, as I remember it, moved away a from brighter, it. I yeah. think is a little brighter. And I also yeah. would say that um, for my money, like Deathloop is a greater accomplishment in terms of style. It's bolder to bring back in 2020 yeah. uh, the Saul Bass look and that funky 70s yellow, brown, orange. It was like, cool. Deathloop was quite a classy like walk into the room and fucking lay that onto the table it was impactful i thought i agree but the I, opening teasers and trailers that dropped were really exciting they were awesome <laughs> i think dishonored is a better game though i agree yeah. i'm just talking about purely at a style points level death loop really yeah they've it, moved away from this aesthetic generally which you know maybe it's just all narrative but i think that was good like mm -hmm. i like the aesthetic but i think it does kind of hold the game back just a little bit. Anyway, yeah. uh, I guess we're going to set sail after having burnt Dunwall to the ground. Dunwall's that's, dead wall. Yeah, that's sad. Anyway, uh, enjoy the ash and rats, all of you who are left behind, and we'll see you next time. Yeah, on, it was on, great chat anyway. Yeah. If you like us really muddily stepping over each other's lines because Adam forgot that I have to do the plug. I forgot. Um, you can find us doing that all the time over at patreon.com slash small beans where we'd really love to have you. We have a ton of other shows where we talk about movies, uh, pop culture, TV, multiverses, friendship, whole wide range of things. So many um, Spielberg movies, the art of directing mm. Star Trek, the next generation, Futurama, the works of Stephen King on and on and on again, that's patreon.com slash small beans or just search small beans wherever you get your podcasts. Otherwise, stay tuned for another one-upsmanship next week. Work complete.
Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Are you self-conscious about your smile due to stains? Have you ever wished that you had a whiter and brighter smile? Smile Actives is a safe and affordable alternative to expensive whitening procedures. You simply add Smile Actives gel to your toothpaste every time you brush your teeth, making it the easiest teeth whitening solution out there. In a clinical trial, Smile Actives users reported up to five shades whiter on average, all within seven days. No change to your routine, no extra time. Right now, they are running a buy one, get one offer. Hurry to smileactives.com iHeart today to receive this special offer with free shipping and handling. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Get in zone, AutoZone. Welcome to AutoZone. What are you working on today? My check engine light's on. Mm, that could hurt your gas mileage. The AutoZone free fix finder service can help find the fix for free. Get in zone. This whole report for free? That's right. Printed and on your phone for free. But what if the fix is too tough? We'll recommend a local shop. Fix Finder, only at AutoZone. Get in zone, AutoZone. Restrictions apply.